spooky, deserted mansion. Halloween night. All right, dudes! And dudesses! Let's party! Ten kids. All they want to do is raise a little hell. Now, as long as they live, they'll wonder what's gotten into them. Night of the Demons. Oh, welcome, everybody, to episode seven of Schlock or Not, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all genres of films, and in the process, decide if they are schlock or not. Um, if you could, please rate us on iTunes. Five stars are always much appreciated. You can check out our Twitter feed at The Schlock or Not, where we try to provide random information about some of the films we watch. And if you would uh, like to provide us with some feedback, or if you want to share your thoughts about some of the movies we've uh, discussed... You can email us at schlockernot at gmail.com. I am joined today by my buddy Steve. Hey, Doc. Hey, what's happening, buddy? I'm looking forward to today's show. <clears throat> Are you really? Yep. I think I am, too. All right, so we can get out of the way right in the beginning that we both like this? Uh, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. <laughs> Keep it a secret? Uh, yeah. We are doing 1988's Night of the Demons, directed by Kevin Tinney. Do you want to play us in? Sure. Here, we got a special one for you today. A group of teens party at an abandoned funeral parlor on Halloween night. When an evil force awakens, demonic spirits keep them from leaving and turn their party into a living hell. Thanks, hey, Pops. Thanks, Steve's Dad. Pop. So that was another one where right after he was done recording and I played it, he was like this. Stephen, I told you, <laughs> seriously, tell me ahead of time so I can put in my denture cream because the slurring passes. <laughs> Right away, he was complaining. <laughs> I love it, man. It's so nuanced. It's perfect. Yeah, I like it, too. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> Tell him thank you very much, man. That was awesome. I will. And I remember I told you, make sure he brings his teeth teeth uh, glue. Serious. Steven. <laughs> I wish I could do that. <laughs> uh, anyway, Night of the Demons, 1988, directed by Kevin Tinney. Um, I got my copy a million years ago. I know they have like bonus DV or um, special edition, special feature DVDs now. I think uh, <clears throat> mine's Anchor Bay. It's old as dirt. I love it. Um, it's starring Linnea Quigley as Suzanne. She, uh, you can remember her from Return of the Living Dead. She did. She was in Silent Night, Deadly Night, which we've discussed. Yep. Uh, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Uh, it also stars Amelia Kincaid as Angela. Which, believe it or not, was in an episode of Knight Rider. Nice. <laughs> uh, she was also in Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo, uh, My Best Friend's Band, My Best Friend is a Vampire, which I've never seen, but it sounds amazing. Uh, Kevin Tinney is known for directing such movies as uh, Witchboard, Peacemaker, and Pinocchio's Revenge, which, um, painfully honest, I haven't seen any of those, but Pinocchio's Revenge sounds really good too. Yep. Other so, people, there's other guys in there too, like the bit actor Sal and them. I looked up them, and they've been in everything as well. Knight Rider, you know, all those '80s shows that everybody made the rounds on. A lot of the characters in this movie made those same rounds. Oh yeah, casting agent who uh, casted this thing, they did a great job because everybody um, is really good at what they clichely do throughout the movie. Right. I mean, you got to blame the writing on on the majority of their bad acting, right? 
Yeah, I think the writing was just not there for this, and we'll, we can discuss it more. But I, I remember this is one of those movies. I think I discovered it on HBO or maybe Cinemax back in the day, right? I don't know if you'd ever seen I've, it. This back is my first TV. viewing. This is it. Really? I'd never seen it before. <clears throat> I can recall that this movie scared me just enough. It wasn't like over the top, but it kind of gave me some goosebumps. It's looking back at it, it's laughable. It shouldn't have scared me at all. Um, I was pretty okay with some of the practical makeup effects. I thought they were done really well. Oh yeah, some of them were really good, and uh, especially like the um, I think Max's arm scene. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a few scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a few real stinkers too, but there was a few scenes that uh, I thought was just amazing. And hopefully, we'll we'll agree on a few of them. Yeah, well, let's be honest too. Linnea Quigley was really easy on the eyes. Super, dude. Not only her, uh, what the Helen girl, um, Angela. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, she was kind of like the. Uh, she pulled a she's all that, but like demon style. I was getting a bit of that. Uh, Ali Sheedy from the Breakfast Club vibe off her, too. Yeah, oh yeah, with the hair. Mm-hmm. The dark yep. makeup and everything. Yeah, they did a great job with that. Um, the special effects, we, we mentioned a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more in depth, I'm sure. But that was done by Steven, or Steve Johnson. And he had a hand at Blade 2, Species, Return mm-hmm. of the Living Dead 3. Um, I think Innocent Blood, which is a cool yeah, Landis film. I like that one, yeah. And he eventually uh, married Linnea Quigley, so... Yeah, Maybe I saw that on the extras. It was cool. And I think it was like a short-lived four or five-year marriage, but she didn't say anything bad about him. So that was cool. No. If you mold, it, mold a girl's boobs for a special effect, you have a better chance of marrying her, I guess. Man, I should yeah, I should use that as my life. Did you just give up your life lesson on that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I've got more in there. Um, you want to talk about our sponsor for today's show? Uh, before we get to that, I wanted to bring up one more thing that you had sent me that I thought was really cool. You sent me another kind of trailer-type deal that was basically a promo reel. And I, I, you know, I don't get to see those too often. And it was included on the DVD. And I took a clip of that. Do you want a clip of that now, or do you want to see? Yeah, it? definitely. Let's go ahead and do that. Okay. So this was long. This was about a four-minute long promo reel, which originally I thought was a trailer, but it turns out it wasn't. And I'll, I'll play a clip of it, and then we can discuss some of the other parts. This is basically what I think this does is promo reels is what back in the day they used to send to video stores or video chains to get them to buy copies of the movie so they have them on the shelf. So it has like financial specs it has advertising specs on it. it's just kind of an interesting thing they put out there it was I had done, never seen it before either didn't you think it was a weird way it was done though almost as a trailer and a promo reel like it was trying yeah, to- they're showing scenes from the movie and then and then they're talking about how much it made in the theaters and how they're going to advertise it once it comes out on dvd so yeah what cities the inside. movie played in originally uh right. I, th- I thought it was cool and for anybody interested in that type of stuff it's on youtube i'd, I'd check it out but here's a clip from it just listen to what the critics are saying about Night of the Demons. Even Freddy and Jason would be hard-pressed to keep up with these frisky demons, says the Washington Times. Gorezone Magazine calls it good news for gorehounds. Night of the Demons delivers the scares, makeup, and gore, says the Hollywood Reporter. And Variety promises high energy, strong special effects, a fun romp. I'm into all sorts of things tonight. And audiences everywhere are joining Angela's party, too. That's just a piece of it, but was it that, goes on. Was that first uh, quote from the Washington Times? Isn't that uh, what they said? I didn't pay like, attention. You want it again? You want the beginning? Just the very beginning, the first quote. All right. Just listen to what the critics are saying. <laughs> About Night of the Demons. Even Freddy and Jason would be hard-pressed to keep up with these frisky demons, says the Washington Times. Yeah. You can stop. Yeah, they're wrong. Oh, really? 
I would say so. Do you? I mean, really? Do you oh, oh, oh. Do you I, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> they are wrong in what they're saying. I thought you meant they're wrong in the Washington Times didn't say that. <laughs> no, like I would, yeah, that, that was actually the New York Post. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, uh, whoever's reviewing movies over at the Washington Times got it way wrong. They must have been paid for that. They had to have been paid for that. Well, that's the that's what a promo reel's for, right? They're really pumping they're up that. Cut out, they're yeah. going to cut out the best segments of that review. It could have been like, this movie's garbage. But it's going to give Freddie and Jason a run for their money with the worst garbage movie. But they just took out that. <laughs> they cherry thing. picked it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, it didn't hold up to either of those. More, more Freddie, I'd say, than Jason, because uh, I watched Freddie recently, and that kind of too is a little bit of a stinker. Going back and looking at it, but uh, no, this had nothing in common just with either with of those. The staying power though of those franchises. There's no. I mean, you had never even seen a Night of the Demons movie, and I think there's two or three, and then two or three remakes as well. And, uh, I mean, not a lot of people know about it. Well, I'm down to watch the remakes. And then when they're talking about the gore, like this movie's really bringing the gore, now that I think about it, there's really not that many gory set pieces throughout the whole thing, but we can go through it. Okay. uh, This movie um, (laughs) opens with an appropriately late 80s score, and I'm saying late 80s because, like, you you think of 80s music, and you're like, man, that's some good stuff. And then you think of late 80s, it's... uh, it's not that great. It isn't. I took a piece of it, but did you want to do fake sponsors before we get in the discussion? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I That's forgot right. about that completely. Let's Go keep ahead. this in line here. Uh, my fake sponsor is Maybelline. It's not just for your lips. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if people haven't seen it, boy, when they get to that part, they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. Short and sweet. <laughs> My uh, my fake sponsor is, uh, this episode is brought to you by Demon Stooges Mullets. Satanic oh. business in the front, Angela's party in the back. You might have just answered two of your quiz off questions in that statement. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, you want a piece of that of that sweet late 80s music? <laughs> Play us in, man. This uh, Just so everybody knows, for the lack of clips we had on the last one, we're going to uh, more than make up for it, according to Steve, on this one. Buckle up, dude. Yeah. We're going to just play the movie, and we'll just walk away. Yeah, I'll pretty just much. Just right now. <laughs> I mean, the dialogue was crappy enough that I, I pretty much could have took something from every scene, and it would have been funny. <laughs> Yo, fun for the show. <laughs> so true, man. All right, here's the crap. Go for it. Uh, fun fact, the, the composer of that masterpiece was uh, Dennis Michael Tenney, which is the brother's, uh, the director's brother. Go figure. So maybe that's how he got the <laughs> yeah. job. It start, Dude, that song starts off great to me, and then it just kind of goes off the wheels. It does, it and goes, I, just, the beginning has a nice rhythm to it. It's like, dun 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 You know, it's really kind of cool, and then he throws yeah. in all these really weird Synth, of, I mean, uh, normally I like synth, and I mean I think uh, you could like sample from every episode. I always talk about synth music, but this one just doesn't. If kind of like a crappy carnival tune. Yeah, I guess he was going for that weird, you know, to weird you out. The what's it called? Discordant, discordant. Oh no, no, that's it's totally cordant. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> it's totally cordant, but it okay. just it's 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 uh maybe the keys are too major and not minor. Now he gets a little wonky with the with the fingers on that too. There's some <laughs> real jumbled up stuff. But like I did a, like the, it's like I like jazzy the, jazzy horror intro. Yeah, it was bad, and it was weird though because it was good and bad. It would be good for a minute and then bad for 15 seconds and then back to a new. You know, it was weird. But I did like the cartoony uh, credit effects that yeah, was oh up yeah. there. It was it wasn't it was a cartoon right or just drawn on 
whatever oh, it was. So ca- oh, cartoons are drawn, just so you know. Oh. Um, they start okay. with <laughs> Draw them. Okay, okay. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Like, it had a haunted house, and it had a you know picture of a pumpkin that exploded, and it had a really cool kind of cartoony intro that I thought was oh, cool. Oh, dude, man. I think, you know, if you want to watch this every Halloween once a year, it's, it totally fits right in there. It's perfect for yeah. that. Yeah, it's real cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it opens with that. Um, you have two guys driving in a, uh, down the road, and you're going to realize it's uh, uh, Stooge or Drew. He's the guy with the pig's nose. And then um, the black pirate, that's Roger, which is, he's the smartest guy in the entire movie, by the way. Um, and she, I just wanted to throw this out because I noticed it. Um, when they're driving down the road, uh, it reminds me from when I was a kid. My dad let me drive the car for the first time. Right, mm-hmm. so I grab a hold of the steering wheel and I did it just like I learned from George Jefferson. Right, <laughs> from the Jeffersons, I just turned the wheel back and forth, right. you know, like in in the action uh, motion. Yeah, and I almost killed us. I almost ran us off the road. But that's exactly what Stooge was doing in this movie while he's driving. He just back and forth with the wheel. I was like, I've never seen anybody. I don't know why that. Do they teach that in acting school? Uh, my guess is that people feel like they should be doing something when they, you know, they're getting towed behind a truck, right? So they feel like I gotta pretend <laughs> like I'm driving, so I better just I start. I gotta do this left, back right. and forth. Hang on one second, Steve. You got it, buddy. Okay, the other person in the car was uh, Helen. Don't forget about her. There was three. That's right. She Helen was in the car, which she normally or she later meets up with Max, right? She like hooks up with Max. Helen does. Oh no no, that's uh, Franny. That's right. Yes, Franny Helen was and Max. also pretty intelligent too. Yeah, Helen was cool, but I had different names for them. Right in my notes here, in that first car scene, I have three people in car, Helen, Chode, and Token. That's how I named all three of those people. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, dude, they, if you think about it, whoever cast it again, the very culturally diverse cast, there's a black guy, there's uh, Asian kind of white people, there's an Asian girl. There's the, um, the Guido, uh, what's it called? Sleazeball, yeah, jock. Italian, I, I kind of thought, thought of him as a jock, but he's more of a greaser later. Yeah. Yeah. But the black guy was definitely token. I mean, that was clear right yeah. in the front. But they did make him the most intelligent and uh, savvy guy of the entire group. Yeah, and they, they kind of almost did, had him go out first. And I was thinking, oh, black guy dies first. But nope, they switched it on me. Oh, no. They're going to do a switcheroo on you. Yep. Uh, so they're driving down the street. Of course, Chode, which is Stooge <laughs> yeah. or Drew, or the most annoying an annoying character from the entire flick, he decides to do a, a drive-by. And I thought it was going to be a mooning, but thank God they spared us. It was a, a drive-by underwear. Yeah. I look at my underwear. <laughs> yeah. Some poor old guy who's just walking down the street, which I, I never understood why people would want to do something like that to poor old people. I put, wasted man but opportunity, a mooning with no ass. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> wasted man but... I... I, I uh, I was grateful for that, that they decided not to um, throw that in there. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I love the fact that the grumpy old man damns them all to hell, right? Yeah. And then he mopes around after getting assaulted. I think once the, the underwear drove by, didn't he drop his groceries so he has to pick them up? Yeah, that's when the chick... Because it was so shocking. Up. No, right. no, no. That's when the jock, Sal, goes up and scares him with a, a dead rat, which I didn't understand. Like, are they really trying to introduce every character in this movie by just messing with this old guy? But didn't didn't Sal scare him, and that's when he dropped his stuff? Is that how it worked? Maybe. I don't I don't. I think you're right, because he drops it, and that's when Judy walks up, and she gets the brunt of this old guy's venom. Yeah, I capped that. I'm going to play it for you. <laughs> she, well, okay, go ahead. It's pretty great. Get your hands off of me. Hey, calm down. Get away from me. I I was just trying to help. I don't need your help, you 
damn little whore. Rough. Wow. Rough. Yeah. Old people are such dicks. Was he? He was totally like, "Hey, you kids, get off my lawn!" Like the whole movie, right? That's no, him. He thought he, like you know, he'd been assaulted by the underwear, drive by underwear, and uh, then he got some guy threw a dead rat in his face. Which I mean, if I was an old guy too, it'd piss me off. Yeah. But then the the virginal goody two shoes scares him just trying to help him pick up his groceries. So this guy's tickers, you know, on the verge of giving out. And that's when but, he drops <laughs> his stuff, right? What's that? That's when he drops his stuff. Like the dude scares him. He drops his stuff, and then the chick comes to help, right? And he doesn't want her help. But now that I think about it, maybe the reason he's so jumpy is because he's about to commit an atrocious felony. That's true. That's when you get the the little uh, when you, they pan down to his groceries that have spilled after the scene. He's see, he's got a, a box of razor blades and some apples, which is like that old Halloween. And it's I'd, the myth that just keeps on giving right. even to this day. I meant to ask you. I, I wanted to ask you about that. If we could sidetrack for a second, was that ever a real thing, or was that always an urban legend? Like, did that really happen? Urban legend, and even the uh, poisoning of candy. Um, it's only happened once that they they know of that in, in recorded history on Halloween night, and it was the father that poisoned his own son's candy, and oh. they had to figure it out that it didn't come from during trick or treating. It was actually placed in his candy after the fact when they were back home. Okay, so it wasn't anonymous. So that that to me was that's a total eighties throwback thing that you know I, I remember fondly of those stories. And then that recently, in the last couple of years, I've seen brought back on Facebook where people start posting about Make candy. Sure you <laughs> candy. Right, right. You know, I mean, dude, do you really think you could get a razor blade and an apple and nobody would notice <laughs> that in there? First of all, anybody that gives you an apple for Halloween is an asshole. So you don't eat that apple, you know? Oh. I don't know if you should have said that. Well, I'll bleep that later. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know uh, back when I was a kid in the South, a lot of people gave out like popcorn balls and fruits and stuff like that. I, I think my kids even now get like boxes of raisins. So, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's no. asshole. I don't know. That's maybe a little too far. I don't think so. I think as adults that were cool with it as a child, that's an asshole because no kid wants that. They want candy. My <laughs> right. so. kids always go straight for the raisins. I don't yeah. know what you're talking. Yeah, yeah I mean, right to the raisins. <laughs> they love them. So I think that myth has been brought back around because of social media, where everybody can post anything and it happens to be true. Because I've seen it recently. I remember those throwbacks of like, really, dude? Like, oh, okay, poison needles or HIV needles in movie seats and all those other myths. Uh-oh. They wow. they come back around in the year 2016. All those people with AIDS going around just haphazardly yeah. leaving their infected needles around. Yeah, yeah. That's or, good. No, it's intentional, right? So, I mean, they're they're that angry. They just want to hurt lot, people. A lot of good clickbait going out there. And I kind of noticed at that point in the movie, too, that it, there was a lot of product placement. Like, they were zooming in on brands and stuff a lot, and that was throughout the whole movie, right? That's how you pay for those things anymore, man. Right. Well, so at this point, Judy goes home and talks to Jay about going out. Uh, I think it was his idea to go to Angela's party, right? Right. Which is it's kind of strange because it seems like nobody really likes her, but they wanted to go to the party because of where it was at. Yeah, I, I, damn, I don't remember the name of it. Was it Whole House or something like Whole that? Whole House, yeah. yeah. Um, and just so you know, I totally appreciated the fact that they uh, showed her change her clothes. Oh, dude, yeah, she was killing. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but once again, I'm torn because she's like the virginal uh, goody, goody two-shoes. You know, she's going to live throughout this whole thing just based upon how she treated that, that old man so kindly. And then they just totally get her naked for no reason to, you know, and you feel kind of creepy because it was like a point of view shot, like you were looking in on something you're not supposed to be seeing. Well, the creepier part was her her brother brother. was watching. (laughs) Her brother's peeking. I have a clip of him, too. I'm going to play for you. Wow, 
prodigious boobies, sis. If you keep on going, you'll have to hire someone just to tie your shoes. WTF, man. Weird, dude. Weird. I, I, there's, there was really no reason for him to even be in this movie, is there? Except to just perv it out a little bit? No. Maybe he, he was somebody's kid? He was, he was the, um, the Bud Bundy, the creepy little brother, the annoying little brother. I think he was in there for like a comedy relief, but all his lines were so unbearable just to hear him like try to make fun of one guy or the other. And they were, it didn't, nobody at that age talked like that. So that was I, written by older men, I guess. Yeah. And I immediately wished death upon him because I didn't want to see him anymore. Bodacious boobies, sis. Yeah. Whoa. And uh, just so you know, I think another word that needs to be brought, brought back ASAP is butthole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I guess because Sal shows up and he wants to take Judy out on a date, but but uh, Jay's already there. And I just remember, oh, I don't know if you have a clip of this, but the little brother calls him a butthole. Uh, I have a clip of, let me see if it's in here. I don't know if it's long enough, but here it is. Okay. I go tell that pretty little piece you call your sister that handsome monk Sal is here. And tell her I brung my pet snake for her to play with. Nope, it's not in there. That's right after he calls that's, him a butthole. <laughs> that's, that's even better. Um, and anybody who talks to somebody's family member, first off, the brother, um, obviously, he doesn't fight for her honor because he doesn't have any respect for her whatsoever. But, I mean, uh, you say that about my sister and you're going to have some issues. I'm, I was more worried about that impression of Italian or East Coast he was trying to do. I'm- yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's bad. Yeah. I put worst Guido impression ever, but I'm not even sure if that was a Guido impression. <laughs> can, I don't, can you say that? Can you say? Is, I think so. I think it's on MTV, so I think this we're isn't good. mind race. This isn't, <laughs> yeah. You can't just throw those oh, terms around. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Italian American. So, so is it, is that it bad? Was the worst Italian American. Uh, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was not good. It, is it bad? But you know that, what? That that was. I was more offended by the impression than him hitting on the dude's sister so blatantly. Yeah. yeah, but you always get it wrong anyway. When yeah, you're, I'm backwards. <laughs> you're always getting it wrong. <laughs> but I respect that. Um, so then immediately after that, they're all getting ready for this party. Sal is obviously upset that he can't take Judy to the party. Uh, it, you quick cut immediately to just a full frame picture of Linnea Quigley's butt right. on the screen. And it, it was a long shot, man. That went on for quite a minute. A long and very close shot. Like, I don't know that I've seen an upfront. I mean, that was Could you imagine, like, you're Linnea Quigley's dad in the movie theater mm. at the premiere of that? I mean, what do you do? Do you, like, look down at your popcorn or... Check uh, your watch. Yeah. Or you go use the restroom <laughs> real fast? Like, Jesus, this is going on forever. And the dudes, um, and, the guys that are staring at her, uh, they, they're, like, chewing their gum. Right? She's distracting the two workers that were totally so Angela from, like... can steal party supplies. Right. The two guys are totally, like, the clerks, uh, the guys working behind the counter. And they they had folded in the guy chewing gum, and it was like. <laughs> it's so funny you talk about that because some of the folded. <laughs> I can't believe you hit on that, dude. Because literally, I've got some some you know some uh, opinions on foley work that I want to bring in okay. later. <laughs> yeah, and then did you notice like in the background was that Pac Man? Because it oh. was really loud in the background. <laughs> It was loud, and I did. I have I have a little bit of a clip of it, but I, it, it's right towards the end. Was. It was driving me insane. Which you know, you got Linnea Quigley's ass on the screen. I, I was enjoying that, but for some reason, that sound was just bringing back such nostalgia. And I'm trying to remember what it's from. Was it Defender? It might have been Defender. No, it was like bump, 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 bump. Okay. I have it in the next clip here, but you're gonna have to listen because it's in the background. And I tried to isolate just that because I thought the same thing. I'm like that that sound 
is was in every stop and go in 7-Eleven I was in as a child. Right. And before I play the clip, I'll say that that distraction probably would have worked on me. So it was a plausible distraction, if you ask me. Let me get to this. Here. Do you guys have sour balls? Why, sure we do. Too bad. I bet you don't get many blowjobs. Could you hear it? I could. And again, that's the worst dialogue ever. I think the director did a great job with this movie. I think the actors did great for what they had. The dialogue, the script is just poor. It is. The writing was bad. And I have one other. Was, uh, did you it, did you notice before that when they were before the scene when they were talking on the phone, Jay and Judy, he was eating like vanilla vanilla wafers and he was chewing them. Like he wouldn't get, <laughs> it was the weirdest product placement in sound. Like I was focused on the <laughs> vanilla wafers more than the conversation. <laughs> just a glass of milk and some peanut butter and just start yeah. getting right into those things. The focus was weird. It was weird. It was shot really weird. <laughs> uh, I, I think one of my quotes later is uh, something so sh- so subtly sounding sounded like uh, Rocky beating a cattle carcass. Yeah, right. <laughs> like a meat locker. <laughs> Like a, I think it was. A, I'll get to it later. I've got it in my notes, but it was like a kiss, but it sounded like Rocky just pummeling a piece of meat. <laughs> and they were supposed to be kissing. I'm glad we caught the same crap because I was like, dude, what are they doing with this? <laughs> so loud. Maybe it was like somebody's first, you know, foley job, and they just really wanted to show how good they were. <laughs> you had one job, foley work, and you did it poorly. Maybe you only had like four or five instruments. You had to kill it with everything, <laughs> like a wet sponge and a slab of of pork chops or something. <laughs> Oh, my God. And a cowbell, some sort yeah. of cowbell, and who knows. But that gum was ridiculous, and so were the vanilla wafers or vanilla so if, nips. <laughs> if anybody could tell me what video game that that is, that would uh, scratch the itch I've got because it's driving me nuts. I thought it was Pac-Man. I think I'm wrong, though. It is, it's not. I thought it was Defender, but now I'm thinking it might even be a Centipede or one of those games. It's not Centipede. It's something eating something because that's the noise. The burr, 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 burr. Mm. Maybe it's a – you know what? It could be Atari Pac-Man. I, I'm not feeling Pac-Man, but we're gonna we're gonna find we'll, somebody's we'll gonna see. know somebody's Somebody gonna know, know for sure. Um, so Jay picks up Judy. They cut back to Jay and Judy. He immediately starts horn dogging on her. I mean, dude, there's like you, you at least take a girl out for dinner or snack or something. He he like wants to bone her right there on the the front porch. Yeah, right away. This dude's ready for action as soon as he steps in the room. Christ, man. <laughs> I mean, what 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 town do they live in? Rapeville? Yeah, I mean, really. God bless. <laughs> Everybody's just trying to oh my god. She's a pretty girl. I get it. But uh and did you notice they pick up um Max and Franny and so there's a l- awful lot of people being introduced. All now right, but during that pickup scene a couple things that that I caught was again the brother makes more references to her the boobs of his sister. He's like, you just yeah. like her because her boobs. Like, dude, this brother really is interested in his sister's boobs. Like, it's really odd. Well, he's, uh, he's sneaking into the the bedroom closet and perving on her. Yeah, so he, he's asking the guy, do you just like her for her body? And then they have a cut that was way too long of a, of a really cool cartoon on screen, which is like an old black and white with uh, a like a bed made out of spider webs and there's a fly stuck in it and there's a spider and there's other flies outside the window looking in on it. And they cut to that and they stayed on it for so long that I was 100% sure that was a foreshadow and we were going to get like a kid caught in a web scene later in the movie. Oh, but they didn't. Don't. And it no, was on there for like, dude, it had to be like an eight to 10 second clip of that cartoon. Probably because it's open. What is it? Open source or there's no copyright no, or trademark so. for you stuff. Yeah. Um, so they can just show it and kind of fill in time. Maybe the movie was, Needed a 
couple extra an extra minutes seven seconds. There. Yeah, I get. Yeah. I don't. I just. Like, I thought that would have been a cool foreshadow to one of the death scenes being a bed where you know there was a web or something stuck. It would have matched. It would have worked. You know. You uh, had way higher expectations than I did, I did on this. I did. Of course, and, I had seen it before, so I knew what I was in for. And you also didn't touch on his mom's fudge log. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we're going to go ahead and mark off one of my questions. Ah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> this That's movie great. was literally written by fraternity brothers. Right. Uh, <laughs> over the course of like one booze-filled weekend because, I mean, there's a lot of fart jokes. There's a lot of sex jokes. There's a lot of, you know, look at my food looks like a shit log jokes. I mean, it's just... It was great. There was, <laughs> was no, good. there were no women in the writing room on this one. No, no. The, There's the, no heart. There's no soul to it. It's just fart jokes and boobs. It's fudge logs and Billy the snide little brother with weird boob <laughs> sister jokes. Totally weird, man. Just written. No, no teenagers, quote quote teenagers in in this time I era hope not, would man. have been doing I, this. I mean, we were crude, but Jesus, we weren't yeah. that crude. I hope. Yeah, it was bad. I'm sure somebody's got some recordings of me somewhere, and I'm. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna show up. I'm sure. So anyway, uh, Stooge, Raj, and uh, Helen, right? Chode, Token, and Helen. Chode, Token, and Helen. They're driving down the street and wreck for absolutely no reason whatsoever. I have no idea why. I mean, did they just need some more action in this movie, so they threw in a car wreck? Because they show up at the party. Five minutes after everybody else, there was no reason except maybe to have a little uh, confrontation. With uh, Franny and Max and the other people. Even so, it was unnecessary. Uh, he just grabs the wheel because he keeps telling Helen. He was always yelling at Helen, like, horribly. He's um, a total, like, uh, uh, abusive husband. Right. In the whole, so he, I don't know. I don't think that guy's ever going to get laid acting like that. But anyway. Dude, he was horrible. And he so he, he just grabs the wheel from her. She, he says something Didn't he like, call her bitch, too? He's like, give all me the, the time. wheel, bitch. You can't drive, bitch. And he would grab the wheel and, and turn. It's right here. Make a left. And he grabbed the wheel and jerked the wheel. The car... There was the obviously no turn to the left at all. Right. It was just like woods on each side of the street. And if you if you end up watching this movie after you hear this, pay attention to the frogs in the background during that whole scene. The whole scene, it was like ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> Dude, it never stopped. It was one frog ribbiting every two and a half seconds from the moment they were in the car till the moment that scene was over. It was a nonstop ribbiting. <laughs> they were, they were in a, a swamp. Maybe it was a dude. Um, you throw in a ribbit every season that year for the frog. Give me 10 to 15 seconds of ribbits, not the same ribbit sound <laughs> on a repeat every right. two and a half seconds for the whole scene. <laughs> so they're stranded. Um, and then a, the other car pulls up and doesn't offer to give them a ride or anything, just leaves them stranded, which, you know, none of these characters are likable. I, I just had a little uh, prepubescent moment there. Uh, <laughs> none of these characters are likable, but yet like later on, they expect somebody to help them when they're in danger or peril. And it's like, you just left me stranded on the side of the road. Eat, eat a yeah. dick. So do you think that God. that scene could have just been to make that stupid joke? Because they do make the joke of like, hey, you guys need a hand? And then they say yes, and then they like clap and drive away. I, if they spent that much money to make that stupid joke, um, I thought it would be better if, like, uh, if they rolled up and said, hey, you guys need a lift? Yeah, we do. We'll put a jack up your oh, ass because that's God. a better joke it, than need a hand. That's the only thing that happened during that scene besides frogs ribbiting. Maybe they had like a frog buddy. <laughs> a frog society of America. Yeah. Like, listen, people don't understand the plight of frogs in America. Right. So could you just get the, the message out there for us? The frogs were the forefront of that scene. Right, right. Yeah. So, and then when they show Whole House, I, 
Was that a matte painting or was it a model? I was couldn't it? tell. I thought it was a real house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did. Oh my God, really? I really did. <laughs> it's a really good matte painting or a model, but that is not a real house, man. Bummer. Oh my God. Bummer. <laughs> they, they filmed it like LA in LA in a, like a warehouse. In, a, in so. the ghetto of LA. They had to have security, yeah. yeah. So if you notice like the angles they used, I mean, they kind of made it look like they were going into a house, but they were absolutely not going into a house. Oh, bummer. I love low budget movies. Bummer for me because I'm an idiot. So, <laughs> you're like, ooh, oh, where's that? Cool pad. Yeah. <laughs> so they arrive at the whole house, and for some reason, Max, who's now become a ghost hunter, is u- using a stethoscope to listen to underground water because evil spirits can't cross water. And I, I guess when you buy one of those cheap party store I'm a doctor costumes, it comes with a real stethoscope, not just like a plastic. <laughs> <laughs> it, dude, I. I where he gets his information, I mean, everybody in this movie, for a teenager, they were like a, a paranormal expert. Right. Especially Angela, which, you know, she summons the demons. We'll talk about this later, but I couldn't understand why she summoned the demons, and then she's pissed off that the demons are ruining her party. It's oh, like, I, you totally brought this on yourself. I didn't even think of that that issue, but you're right. Everybody had an aha moment where they would sit, cut to Raj, and he'd say, you know, this place was actually blank, and they, they would all give a tidbit of information, history. How do you know this? Yeah. Especially when all you are, your entire existence is about screwing Judy. How does anybody? <laughs> it's all anybody you know, cared about. <laughs> any, do they have any other interests besides Judy humping? Ah, you know? dude, it was, and the whole thing with the the stream under the house under the brick wall. I didn't even understand where that went or why it was there. It never came back yeah. at all. I didn't so think don't so. Worry about it. Okay. They enter the house delivering really shitty jokes, and um, drunk asshole sca- Sal scares them. When, so when they show up, Sal's already there, and I think he's drunk, or maybe he's just being Italian-American. Right. <laughs> well, so, he was hiding in the coffin, but, right? They go, they're, oh, someone left a coffin, and then right. he's hiding in it. And that's when you get the, one of your favorite lines I know. It's yeah. one of the first things you heard while you were researching the okay. movie. Okay, so before I play the clip, uh, I wanted to see where this movie was available for friends and family because I had got it on DVD, and I noticed the whole thing is streaming on YouTube. So... Here's a tip for you guys, too. If you want to watch it, it's on YouTube. So I clicked to the middle of the movie to just make sure it was actually a full movie. It wasn't something weird. And this is exactly where I clipped to right here. Good evening. Allow me to introduce myself. Yeah, Count Dingleberry, the flaming asshole of Transylvania. That is poetry. That's just some, that of, the, <laughs> some of the writing. Poetry. <laughs> oh. If the rest of the movie had been written a quarter of that type of dialogue, I mean... It probably would have been better, but I mean, some, most that's highbrow for this movie. Yeah, that's the best dialogue you're that's getting. The stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yeah, the rest is and bad. Then, <laughs> and then uh, Stooge and Raj and Helen show up, and he's happy to see all the dudes and dudesses, which we heard on the intro, Ugh. right? Yeah. And then Suzanne Linnea Quigley, she's already there with Angel. So now we have everybody in the same room. All these people that hate each other but decide to come party together, maybe because they're going to rape everybody. I don't know. <laughs> That's got to be it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, literally, the girls are at the party, and they want a, a, they want cuter boys to show up. And the guys are at the party, and they're just calling the girls bitches, and um, th- they're just wanting to rape them. But they don't like them as people, and they don't really, like, go out of their way to woo them or to court them. They just try and hump them immediately. So I don't quite understand how all these people get together for a party together, but then immediately they talk about how shitty the party is, and all I could think of was, well, yeah, because you're with a bunch of people you don't like. 
there was other unexplained stuff there too. First of all, how did the people that broke down get there unexplained? They just show up two minutes, they, two minutes. Five, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's why I said that whole scene, there was no reason for it. Cause like they walk in the door, get scared by Sal and then, then comes, they're there. you know, Raj and, and Stooge and Helen. Right. So, and okay. on top of that, I thought that this was like a couple's thing. Like I had trouble keeping their names straight. So I wrote all their names down about 20 minutes in and I had them written down as couples. But when you get to the party, you figure out that, no, everybody's just trying to screw everybody. Like the dudes would try to hit on every chick there, not just the chick they walked in the door with or the one they rode with, anybody. They were flipping them around left and right. It was a, an orgy of nothing happening at yeah. all. And just that cuts. Awkward. Awkward dudes trying to get with chicks in an awkward way, should we say? Yeah, they're, they're very rapey. Their rapey yeah. eyes were on. Yep, and that cuts to the, to the Quigley dance scene is that correct yeah and that was the worst whoever picked the music for this this movie that that song was the worst subpar and it was punk i guess um it was an awful song and she just starts um basically doing a strip show a very all, all uh, the dudes sim- are like staring sim- right at her butt right like directly at her butt like one guy literally had his face just shoved right into her skirt. Right, the dude that like came with like another weird chick. Noise, like, yeah, and he was there with what I thought was his girlfriend, but all the dudes and the lighting was horrible for that, by the way. Also, but yeah, um, she so, was silhouetted; you couldn't really see anything. Is it bad that I actually went and downloaded that song? Is that not a good thing? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you really tell me you're joking? I looked up the song. I found out what it was all about. It's uh, I put what was that song while she was dancing? It's called Computer. Did you date. Shazam it. Or nope. whatever it's no, no, I, I uh, googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up the song by the by the tagline. What was that song the girl was dancing to in Night of the Demons? Like the longest search query ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it came up. It's the song is called Computer Date, and I'll give you one guess to who it was written and done by. Don't care. Yeah, you do, Dennis Tenney. <laughs> 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 it was him, dude. <laughs> Of course it was. Of course. The piece of the puzzle, bro. I found oh, the piece of the puzzle. Of course it was. Like, bro, seriously, got this hot hot song. You're going to dig it. It's going to blow up. Trust me. <laughs> and this song was not worth me sampling for the show. That's how bad it was. But I really recommend everyone look up Computer Date. <laughs> Go listen to it. It's horrible. I'm sure Dennis Tinney's probably done a couple of Computer Dates. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, after all the research, it's like you get to that aha moment at the end where I'm like, who the hell? And it's Dennis Tinney. <laughs> Light bulb goes off. Of course yeah. it was. Yeah. Why did I even look this up? Jesus. Right. That's Thank great. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, God, what a horrible song. And uh, that's when I also kind of realized that Angela's a total bitch. Why did anybody come to her party? Because she didn't, she didn't treat one person nice throughout this entire thing. No, she was just the – and really the – so she was the, the witchy – weird goth chick and then her friend quote quote friend Quigley was the self-absorbed uh slut slut and they didn't even really it didn't seem to me like they even had a rapport like they were kind of one-offs it was a weird situation <laughs> yeah everybody was just one very one-dimensional but she like so her and Judy are at the buffet line which I didn't see anybody bring in food but all <laughs> of a sudden there's a whole buffet there no and she stole the food from the quickie mart she had like an armful of Triscuits stuff. and shit. She had Triscuits. <laughs> I think she had some like aluminum foil. Yeah. It, but yet there's this full food spread. Maybe she prepared and got there before everybody else. But uh, <laughs> so Judy's lighting some candles, helping with the ambiance, and she sets the lighter down. And Angela says the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, it's basically, and I'm going to paraphrase here, the spirits are going to catch her littering up the place. Mm. 
All right. I don't know. I didn't know if she was kidding or just being a bitch or, um, or if she really believed that shit. But uh, Judy actually being you know a sweet girl actually like puts the lighter in her pocket and looks kind of apologetic. Like how could I? How dare I leave a lighter on a table? Yeah, they don't. They don't place. care about the cobwebs, the broken furniture, the dust, all the other crap. Right. They're worried about the lighter sitting on the arm of the chair. Yeah, like oh my god, what is she? So and that and was I did, that I was stuff that, that I thought nose. was I thought that stuff was foreshadow. Like all that stuff like that, I was thinking like okay, that this is going to be a though, foreshadow. If you remember, the lighter in your pocket saves her life. Later. The lighter did, but I thought that the dirtying up the house would be the foreshadow of like that would be her fault. That's why they're coming after her. But it did. None of that stuff that I thought was that they spent time on came to, I, she, like you said, I gave it more than I should have, you know. With the way this party's starting, she's probably going to have to, like, call the Toxic Avenger and mop up all yeah, the really. <laughs> Get Melvin. It's going to be all over <laughs> this place because everybody, even if they don't touch a woman, some, something's happening in their pelvic area to release. Don't take a black light. <laughs> it's going to look like, what they, they say in that one movie, like a Pollock painting? Yeah. <laughs> Like a Chernobyl incident in that place after <laughs> you turn on a blacklight. But yeah, so I, I did list in my notes, and that's when I really started to get it, that everybody's one-dimensional. We're not going to get any character development. I'm not going to find out why Judy is so nice or why Sal's such a scuzzball. Right. But, uh, it's just jock, nice girl, fat guy, black guy. That's all it is. That's what, yeah, and that's when I realized that every party deserves a strobe light because once you break one of those out – these cavemen think it's the best thing ever. I, I kind of dig strobe lights, but man, the moves they were doing <laughs> were not they doing the strobe nuts. light justice. When they, when they found out that strobe light, they were like, oh my God. It's like they, they literally saw Jesus or something. He showed up. <laughs> so you were more impressed with the buffet than the strobe light is what you're getting at. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I'm, I'm not a skinny guy. I'm there for the food. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but uh, dude, they went insane when that strobe light and everybody starts going crazy. They're dancing. Um, and then that's when another really crappy party song comes on. Yeah, did I get that? That was a, that was not computer date. It was a, a, a different one. It was awful. And uh, thankfully, it stops when the radio dies. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get the song. Sorry, man. That's okay. But uh, they uh, they want to play a fun game, so they're going to play a game of uh, past life seance. Yeah. Which who that that sounds great? I was thinking like charades or something. But okay, uh, let's do that. Something we don't do enough of. And we need to incorporate yeah. in our game night. And this game consists of everybody sits in front of a mirror and they see their past lives. But everybody has to focus on Angela's face and concentrate because apparently they want to see if they focus on Angela's face, that's when they'll see their past lives. Yeah, did she right? have powers or something? Who knows? Okay. Who knows? Yeah. But while they're doing that, they hear a strange noise and Drew, uh, Stooge, and Roger go check it out. And of course, while they're doing that, now now remember when Drew and and Roger go in that room, they like Roger screams like a long time, like a really um, dramatic scream, and then they come back with guess what they need? Uh, would it be a mirror? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he was so freaked out by that mirror, and then he makes some weird comment about his dad was a preacher and taught him how to pray or something. There was some weird religious stuff going on there too, right? Well, once once things start happening. That's when you're going to find out that Roger's the smartest guy in the room, yeah. and uh, and it's because of religion. So there's a little morality morality tale going on here too. So they all sit in front of the mirror and they stare, concentrating on uh, Angela, and it goes black. And that's when everybody's like, "Cool," because that's what people would do. And Angela gets mad um, because they didn't they stopped concentrating when it was about to start working, right? Right. And that's when you get the Jim Henson demon puppet, right. <laughs> Which it, it could have came straight from Dark Crystal, I assume. 
And you know it's just a hand puppet. And so that comes out, kind of, a lot of people miss it, but Helen sees herself die, right? Oh, I missed it. Really? Yeah, I saw the quick clip, clip of Helen, but I didn't see her see herself die. Well, that was it was her face smashing onto a window with blood. Oh, oh, that's right, that's coming right. Out of yes, her I mouth. do. Yes, I do remember because Rod, right. yeah, Rod is in the car. Yeah, I remember. And now they, of course, when she sees that, the mirror breaks. Yeah. This is the coolest shot in the entire movie, and I thought this was very artistic and shows that Tinny and his cinematographer they got they have some talent. Um, it was the broken mirror on the ground. Did you see that? Yeah, it was cool. And like all the different characters are in the shards of glass, which had to have been a pain in the ass to set up. Right, each shard is is there, it's broken and and spread out, and you see all each face in the shard. It was really cool. And also, could it be foreshadowing that the pact is broken, and that maybe none of these people, because of they're separate and they don't like each other and they don't work together, that they're not going to survive? No, you were much smarter than the movie script. That has nothing to do with that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> and then. This is when I started thinking, like, okay, they've obviously—they're either paying homage or they're ripping off. But you got the uh, the point of view Sam Raimi Evil Dead shot of the demon, the, the Jim Henson demon running through the house. I'm gonna read you my line: first person monster cam, a la Evil Dead Two, 1987. That's what I wrote down. Evil Dead Two, they did it. In Evil Dead One, <laughs> Evil Dead, yeah, it would be more well known from Evil Dead Two because right, of, right, of the wood scene. Obviously. But I looked up the year to make sure that Evil Dead was first, and it was the year before. So I mean, it was—it even had the sound, the like the same exact yeah, oh yeah. everything, the same. They did it in the beginning too with the rat with uh, Sal, the same first person with the same sound. Yep. So um, the demon, the the Henson demon, goes right up to the kids, and immediately they they start talking about how cold it is. And this is another term that. I haven't heard in a minute. Um, somebody asked who cut the cheese. Ah, oh, yeah, dude. That was crazy. So, <laughs> so we know now that whenever the demon's around, you're going to get a, a sulfuric smell and everybody gets cold. And Suzanne is immediately possessed, which I don't know. Really, that's the best they got. They, like her inhaling green smoke. So I took a clip of this because I wanted to see if I could. Um, I didn't know if it would make you mad or not if I prematurely quizzed off on you. Is that going to? aggravate you no not at all okay cool here this is this is your what are the signs of demonic infestation awesome the noise the stink and the chill they're all signs of demonic infestation (laughs) 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 the noise the stink stink and the chill chill i'm gonna i'm gonna play just the end for you the asian chick is like what (laughs) yeah what, what hold on Demonic what? <laughs> there was a, there was a couple times where you would have some audio and I didn't know what they were saying and I'd go back like two or three times times to figure it out and I couldn't. But I don't I don't remember the noise. The noise was always like, "What is that?" And they would enter the room and it would be nothing, and it, it wouldn't be immediately followed by the chill and the stink. The noise, I, the stink, and the chill, dude. It's obvious <laughs> what it is. But can I throw something out out there that may uh, blow your mind all over your face? Sure. Okay, so who did the demon enter first? Yeah, Suzanne, but then she transferred it, right? Wait, though. Why do you think he entered her first? Because she's a whore? Right. Is there another reason? No, the slut gets entered because she's the easiest to get into. Nah, bullshit. Yeah, they. No way, dude. You're still giving them too much credit. No way. <laughs> no, I'm trying, man. I, I like this movie. That was a weird uh, thing to me, though, too, because once she passes to Angela, she becomes like the quote, quote, the de- the leader. And I was the wondering, demon, yeah. why was why the transfer there? Like, what was the point of the handoff? 
no idea. Oh, I know why. I know why. For a girl kiss. It's for the it's for the girl kiss. For the frat guys. Yeah. They're like, dude, we gotta have a lesbo yeah. Yeah, kiss that, scene. Yeah. That's the reason for the shock value of, of 1988 two girls kissing on, on screen. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. What you gonna do, man? But then at that point, Angela's mad because demons have ruined her party, damn it. Yeah. She summons him. Yeah, and then totally. she's mad. Totally goth then, chick. Seems like that would be her thing, right? Like, sweet, demons are here. Yeah. And you know what's funny is I do have in my, my notes, stink, noise, chill. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then, I, ho- I hope you sampled this because this is another one of the dumbest lines. Roger, they blame Roger on the stink. <laughs> do you have this or I, no? I, didn't, I didn't, but I know the part you're talking about. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can paraphrase or quote this. Uh, maybe Roger had too much cold beer and blew it. Blew them a cold, stiff breeze right out of his butthole. Oh, <laughs> so bad, dude. I can't even say that. I tried so hard. Uh, <clears throat> let me get my announcer. Like, okay, we're in the writer's room. All right, guys, I got a good one here. Um, how about somebody says that Roger may have had too much cold beer and then blew him a cold, stiff breeze right out of his... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant, Doc. <laughs> uh, uh, the plot development to fart joke ratio is way off in this movie. Yeah, way off. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's really skewed. Um, that's when... <clears throat> God, I did that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we're having too much fun with this one, dude. <laughs> if you say... <laughs> oh, like, you're going to have to mute yourself because you're snorting and sniffling over there, aren't you? Come on, man. We want to hear you coughing. I was going to say, if you say Richard, (laughs) (laughs) save that for later. (laughs) Uh, Come on, man. Reel it in. Reel it in, dude. (laughs) All right. I'm trying. So anyway, uh, that's when Roger says his dad was a preacher, right? Yeah. And and bad stuff's coming and he's out of there. Yeah. (laughs) Which at that moment, when that happened. That reminded me of the old Eddie Murphy bit. I think it was from Delirious, wasn't it? Yeah, Delirious. About the Amityville. And I sent you the cut hoping you would you would get that for us. I don't know if you were I did. able to. Yeah, I did. Here it is. In the Amityville heart, a ghost told them to get out the house. White people stayed in there. Now that's a hint and a half for your ass. A ghost say, get the fuck out. I would just tip the fuck out the door. <laughs> they walked and looked in the toilet bowl. Was blood in the toilet? I <laughs> said, that's peculiar. <laughs> I would have been in the house and said, oh, baby, this is beautiful. We got a chandelier hanging up here, kids outside playing. It's a beautiful neighborhood. We ain't got nothing to wear. I really love them. This is really nice. <laughs> Too bad we can't stay, baby. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I, I tell you what, nobody does white guy voice better than Eddie Murphy. But as soon as Roger's like, I'm out of here, I immediately thought of that because I was like, smartest guy in the room. I thought of it when he jumps right out the window. At one point, he's like, later, and just head first <laughs> out the window. Yeah. Like, Screw you, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's great. So uh, Angela immediately knows the house in it isn't haunted. It's possessed. Right. Because she's a freaking expert all of a sudden. She's the goth chick. I'd like to see some of her um, referrals. I'd like to see some of her background creds. References. So I know, yeah, her references, so I know how she got... Obviously, just being goth, she knows. So um, everyone kind of starts making fun of her, right? They're kind of like, what did one guy say? Eat a bowl of fuck. And then he says, I'm here to party. Kind of like a pig. Yeah, that was uh, Stooge said that, right? Yeah, eat a... They start, like, because she's upset about these demons, they're like, eat a bowl of fuck. I'm here to party. Yeah, it was rough. Oh, yeah. So... 
Maybe now we can get some action, though, because I don't think anybody's died yet. Nothing's yeah, happened. It just occurred to me that Stooge dude was kind of ogre from Revenge of the Nerds, right? He was the big party crazy guy. No. Not at all? Nope. Okay. Maybe you think... I, I liked Ogre way better. Oh, I, I'm not saying I liked him better. I'm saying that's what they were going for. Like, we need a big, crazy, wild, uh, he doesn't care, he's here to party, and that's it guy. Yeah, but even Ogre, I mean, he would just drink beer and just sit over in the corner and, you know, he, he wasn't annoying like that. Man, he was written bad. Stooge had no good lines at all. Maybe they were good. He just, his delivery was mm. off. But anyway, Roger takes Angela's car keys and he's just out of there, which... Again, they hardly seem to know each other, and she's just giving him his car keys so he can leave. Yeah. She's giving him her car keys and like, all right, see you later. And of course, um, everybody else while Roger's leaving decides to go explore the creepy house to find a place to hum. Uh, didn't Helen go with Roger? Yes. Yeah. But everybody else just says, "Let's go find a place to explore each other." They pair off, kind of. Yeah. And not necessarily in the order they showed up in. Like, some of it was all No, like, right? completely swapped. But then Suzanne, all of a sudden now, she was, like, dancing for Max earlier, and she takes Stooge because she's in the mood for some pork. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great one. And before that happens, like, before they're going off to the bathroom together, she demonizes Angela with a kiss. Right. Just, real, why not? So then it cuts to Max and Judy and Jay and Franny, and he's all of a sudden... He's an expert in ancient Indians. Right. They're having a conversation about uh, old history and culture, right? Yeah. So the ancient Indians were in the area. So now we're kind of like, we've gone evil dead. Now we're kind of going into poltergeist territory, right? Because yeah. that was why their house was possessed. The burial ground, right? Yeah. The Indian burial ground. And then I think while he's telling the story, there's like literally Native American music in the background. Oh, I, I, I have to rewatch for that. I didn't see that. And then, so after that story, for no reason, uh, Max and Franny decide to go explore on their own, if you know what I'm saying. Right, real obvious, like, hey, uh, why don't me and you go, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, Jay turns into Uncle Tickle Monster and purrs out on Judy, and she's still not having it, man. Yeah, and she's not digging him. I don't think I would him. either. She really hasn't put in the time or effort. Yeah, he started that right in the beginning and never stopped. And I thought they were they were kind of like boyfriend girlfriend, but then I got the impression now this is like a first date, uh, and he's just trying to get some. Yeah, he's he's gross in the worst possible way. Yeah, totally weird. Right. I mean, just like hey, my name's Jay. We're doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah so anyway. it's his Mac. <laughs> Raj and Helen are outside, and it obviously the walls are completely solid. They can't find a way to get outside. So they can get out of the house. They just can't get past the walls. Yeah. Um, which later on you'll see. I don't know why not, because Roger just climbed the wall. But anyway, uh, Helen disappears, and then this is when I have, it cuts back to Jay and Judy, and it says here, uh, they're making out sounds like Ro Rocky punching a cow heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like... Yeah. Um, it's like, dude, what? <laughs> no wonder this guy can't get laid. He's a, he's an awful kisser. I mean, Jesus, sounds like he's eating your mouth. He's like so, he's like he's eating a dry piece of cake. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> like like in the old days uh, on the Bozo Show when the kids had to eat like ten crackers and the, bird, like, the whistle wins. <laughs> so, like Bozo Show. It was like <laughs> so anyway, he gets shut down because Judy's not having it. Oh, and dude, good. I'm gonna say that I I think I've probably done this with my wife, but when he gets shut down, he turns into a baby. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fine, then. <laughs> and I actually have in my notes, I've done that. I'm not proud of it. Uh, but he's like, and he locks her in the room. Have you done that? No, I've oh, never okay. locked my, my significant other in a room, for God's sakes. But, dude, he's so mad that she doesn't have sex with him that he pouts off, you know, pouts off like a baby and locks her in the fucking room. Yeah. Pardon my language. I am so sorry. I was just like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Yeah, that scene was very uncomfortable to watch, man. And you know, that's a reoccurring theme in all the, um, let's see, uh, Raw Force, uh, what was the other one? that uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, they've all had the weirdest, quote, quote, sexual scenes that are just totally awkward, you know? Yeah, it's like, do these guys make these movies just to put women in these weird situations? I guess it's, it's exploitation of women, but whatever. I mean, we watched it, we liked it, so they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, so then it cuts... Uh, immediately to Zo- Suzanne and I put in here transforming into a raisin demon. I thought it was cool. Did you, did you like it? It was okay. Yeah, it just, she looked like somebody put some old age makeup on her. Yeah, I liked the the makeup effects and I was kind of surprised because, you know, they cut to that the original demon in the mirror, which I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're getting. This, mm-hmm. you know, like a hand puppet. But when yep. they did the practical makeup effects on Suzanne and to a lesser extent, um, Angela the witch, I, I was kind of cool with it. I thought the teeth looked kind of cool and I was all right with it. Yeah, it kind of reminded me like um, when uh, the girl turns into the vampire in Fright Night, like the oversized yeah. teeth. Yeah. You know, big jutting eyes out, and stuff. Jutting out from but, your mouth, you know. <clears throat> but just to me, for some reason, Raisin Demon, I would have put like really cool demon if, if that particular demon in the scene. I don't think she was that demon yet. She was Raisin Demon. She was just getting old to that person. point. Yeah. Just creeping out. And then uh, Drew breaks into the bathroom. She's gone. Obviously, can't find her. And then it cuts to Angela doing some sort of interpretive dance for Sal. Oh my god, dude! She was act. She was acting her ass off, man. Because that was some crappy music. Um, it, it, I remember the music. She, she's dancing around. I think obviously she's a choreographer because she was in Electric or uh, Breaking Two and whatnot. But um, I remember in the background of the music, you probably couldn't hear it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just mess this whole thing up. But the music lyrics were actually stigmata. Mm. Well, Do you remember that? Let me tell you that I also downloaded this song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the name you of this. You could have told me that. <laughs> I wanted to see where you're going with it. So the name of the song is Stigmata Martyr. That's the name of it. So that's why you're hearing that. And it's done by Bauhaus. So it's actually done by a real band. I hated it. I hated it too. I wrote Angela's dance sucked and the song sucked. <laughs> and then I but, then I then I went and downloaded the song. So <laughs> yeah, but she 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 pulled a she's all that of demonic movies. Oh, but instead nice. of like, you know, the, the overalls and the glasses. Yeah. She was just like, she really cute girl, man. Yep. Really cute girl. She's really hot. All of them. I, I thought all the chicks were super cute. Uh, and then that's when you notice that like Sal's aroused and terrified at the same time, right? <laughs> Sal, <laughs> he's like, "This is scary as shit," but man, oh, Sal. Look at that. <laughs> but that's when Drew comes in and uh, totally CBs Sal. Yeah, bad. And then that's when Angela and Stu start. It's like, dude, you had Suzanne upstairs five minutes ago. Now what are you doing? This guy, who would ever invite this guy to their party? They were switching um, chicks left and right. Like, yeah. one guy would drag a chick off to a room, and that wouldn't work out. He'd just bust in on the other dude and grab his chick and yeah, drag like, her I'm off to a room. I mean, grab her by the hair and pull her out like a caveman. Oh, but uh, that's when Angela bites his tongue off, I guess, or his lips. Like It didn't really show. It was just like a mouthful of blood and his hand over it. Yeah, it looked all right. But she spit, she spit something out, so I would assume it's his tongue. Thank God. That means we get no more dialogue from him. 
at oh, all. Oh, man, I didn't even think of that, but you're right. That's great. At least he can't <laughs> talk. And uh, that's when Sal decides to go find out what's up with Suzanne because, obviously, she's up there by herself not having sex. So Right. If he's not with <laughs> her, then maybe I can go get with her. <laughs> let, me, let me move on up there and see what's cracking. Yeah. Uh, and so then he walks in on, on Suzanne, who's clowning her face up with some lipstick. Clowning her face and other parts, right? Nope, just her face first. A big heart from her forehead to yeah. her chin, right? Yep, and so he walks out because he's like, uh, what the hell's wrong with you, weirdo? Yeah. And he walks out because Jay's coming in later, but so Sal has to leave because he thinks she's too weird. And um, inexplainably, or it, I don't think that's the right word, um, for no reason whatsoever. Inexplicably? She, inexplicably, that's what I meant to say. Okay. Rips her top off. Right. Okay? Yeah. And you want to... I know you like this part, so you want to tell everybody? She t- <laughs> I'm going to have to take a deep, <laughs> deep breath. <sighs> I did like this part. <laughs> so <laughs> she, It's got one of your favorite things. She had been drawing on her face with her lipstick, and she's wearing like a baby doll dress. She'd been wearing a baby doll dress the whole movie. They were all in costume. We probably should have said that. They're all in some type of... Except for Jay. They're all in a weird costume. She rips open <clears> her shirt takes the lipstick and starts drawing on her chest around her breast, down to her belly, back up to her other breast, and then takes the lipstick, little canister, and inserts it directly into her nipple. And it was an awesome, totally awesome effect. Like, it was very unsexual, and it was very awkward, and it was weird to watch. But I, I originally, when I watched that, I thought that it was done in reverse, like a collapsible lipstick that and then they filmed it and then they had her actually pulling it out, not pushing it in type thing. Cause that would have been easier, but I went and watched at the making of that. I went, of course I want to watch the making of the boob scene, nothing else in the movie. Right, I cared about. Fast forward right right. Yeah. And they, they made a, a, a plastic cast of her bust and they had a small incision in there where she could insert the lipstick and even watching the making of it. I can't imagine. I, I was blown away by how good it looked. I mean, I really couldn't figure out how they did it when I first watched it at all. I had no clue whatsoever. It's um, the single best lipstick tube shoved in the areola scene in cinematic history. I've never seen it done better since. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> or at all, but yeah. <laughs> okay, listen. I love the effect. I remember younger watching that, of course, mesmerized by boobies. Yeah. Um, and then still just wondering, like, why is that here? And I love the effects, but I still wonder... Why is that there? I thought it was. Who came up with that idea? I mean, was it like, listen, I really need to see Linnea Quigley's titties, so we're gonna have to work something in there to where I have to cast her boobs. But did did you know that that wasn't her real boob? I really thought it was her real boob. No, no, no. I knew how how it was done. They cast her and they made silicone. Yeah, but the first time you watched it, did you know? Do you think I cared when I was? Yeah, that's a very that's a very good point. No, I I had no (laughs) care in the world. Excellent point you just made. Yes. I really thought it was real, though. I, watching it, I thought it was real, and I could, I could not figure out how they did it. I thought it would look great. Yeah, it was great, man. But again, why? What was the purpose of that? Not boobs. Yeah. So then, um, so Sal, at this point, he tries to leave after seeing Angela. He's like, okay, I'm getting out of the house. Right. Um, and Angela's warming her hands in the fire. He stumbles upon her warming her hands in the fire. You remember that? Yep. And she turns around in her whole hand like a... Uh, like she's holding six, ten candles in her hands. Like a waxy mess. Yeah. In her own fire. Yeah. So he's totally freaked out. 
And then it cuts to Roger. He's in the car, sleeping in the car because he can't get out. So instead of going back into the party, he's not going back into the whole house. So he's just sleeping in his car. And that's when Helen drops on the car just like she had seen in, in, in the, the mirror. mirror. Right. So I, I, I don't understand how Roger could have possibly fallen asleep in the seven minutes it took. <laughs> like he was terrified running around trying to, <clears throat> trying to get out and gets in the car, rolls up the windows, locks the doors. He's terrified. Then they cut back to him and he's dead asleep. Dead asleep. <laughs> and it's still only like 8.30. I mean, this this party just getting started and he's gone. So it's not that late. Yeah, that was weak. But then, again, though, they kind of cheese, cheeseballed us because Helen disappears. They did the old, they're walking together, camera turns to Roger, and then when he turns back, the camera goes back and she's gone, right? right. Yeah. So then they kind of cheeseball us because her death is literally her landing on the hood of the car with a little bit of blood coming out of her mouth. Right. So we get nothing for that. Right. Nothing, no payoff. No, no payoff at all. Um, and then it cuts back now. Jay and Suzanne are about to get it on. Right? Yep. And that's when, inexplicably, again, you get full frontal bush from Angel, uh, Linnea Quigley. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I thought that this was going to be a TNA movie, and uh, all of a sudden it, <clears throat> you get the full frontal scene. I was, It, it kind of didn't even make... I, no, I, I, I wish they would have cut that out. That really wasn't necessary. It was absolutely not necessary. Yeah. Um, but she is on top of him, writhing, and she and here's my my uh, my description. She goes from psycho bozo to a drug-addled hooker demon. Yeah, nice. And then this is another kind of a gore shot, I guess. Um, she gouges Jay's eyes out. Yeah, I was okay with that. It did, wasn't great, but I've seen worse. I was cool with the the thumbs and the yeah, eye sockets. Okay. Yeah, it was alright. It's alright. But then it immediately cuts to Max and Helen humping in a coffin. And they're disturbed by Stooge. Nope, Franny, Franny and Max in the coffin. Sorry. Yep, I don't know why I keep mistaking her because Helen and Franny don't look anything alike. Nothing. Uh, Max and Franny are humping, which she's a gorgeous woman too. Dude, right? was she stacked or what? Wow. Did you expect that? Stunning. I did not expect that. <clears throat> so anyway, um, they get disrupted by Stooge Demon who, um, again, we were robbed, does the, uh, the cheesy trope of breaking her neck. Which basically consists of him turning her head to the side and the Foley guy snapping some celery in half. Yeah. It's like, really? You've got a, 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 a really good special effects guy here, and that's the best you can come up with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then uh, it cuts to Stooge. Um, Max is reaching out of the coffin. He's got now, is he technically a necrophiliac? If he, no, wait, is he dead at the time? Or is he alive oh. still? She's on top of him. They're in, and she's dead. They're having yes. coitus. Yeah. They're enjoying coitus intercourse. And she gets killed. If he's still... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make him a... Uh, that, I they're I, going here. I, I'd, I just, say, <laughs> I'd say that that was a uh, happy accident or a sad accident. I, I would guess okay. that clinically a necrophiliac would um, be turned on by that. <laughs> okay. Just Clinical saying. explanation. That but would be something you look forward he's to. Done he's, he's done it. He's done it accidentally. Yeah. Right. Whoops. Hey, and you uh, know what was the big bummer of that scene for me is is once she's dead and her head spun around, they they only showed her, uh, like when they showed her the next time, her face is on her back. Like you don't see her chest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> Weird, totally weird. So like they got like some uh, latex sheets and just put it over her face and yeah, cut some eye holes out in it. Totally weird. <laughs> it was but, uh, bummer. So then Stooge starts slamming the coffin down and in the process um, severs his arm. Yeah. Now, I thought those effects were cool when we see that later. 
Yeah, I wrote. I even wrote down blood and gore got kind of good at this point. Like it stepped right. up a notch, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, Raj and Sal are now together, and they start screaming about getting out. I don't, I don't know if you remember this or not, but like Raj is totally freaking out. Like, oh my god, how are we gonna get out of here? What are we gonna do? And Sal's like, dude, calm down. We gotta figure this out. Whatever. Shh, shh, shh. They're gonna hear us. And literally, it cuts to Angela four feet away, like going down the hallway, and heard none of it. Yeah. Didn't hear any of that. Yeah. And I think after he shushes him, he's loud as hell too, right? Like, oh, he's he like shush, shush, yeah, shush. Shush. quiet, they're going to hear us. <laughs> like right after. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so anyway, um, Sal and Roger save Judy. Um, they're chased by the floating Angela demon, which I've always liked that effect. I don't know how it's done. Um, I think it's like a pulley system, I'm yeah. sure. But I've always loved the simple uh, yet effective floating effect of like you're standing upright and you're just moving silently, kind of like they used in uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula and whatnot. Yeah, they used it in um, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just cool. I love that. Yeah. So they Sal and Judy now run into Demon Suzanne, who wants to have an orgy with them, and she punches Sal through the window. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, her. Her makeup just absolutely hey, she punches She punches him out through the window that he was previously trying to get out of. Because <laughs> he was kicking it and trying to get through. That's right. And, he and, couldn't and, get out of that window. Right? So she just punch, punches him right out of it. Yeah. And Judy runs away, and that's when she finds Max's severed arm, which attacks her. And once again, I All thought it was pretty cool, dead. man. Yeah, oh. it's like Steve Johnson's really up in his game. That was cool looking. Yeah, just like Evil Dead was when his hand attacked yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. And so Max and Helen both emerge from the coffin, and... Now, this is the most impressive to me, and probably to you. I'm just going to totally nerd out. Max has no shirt on, and his arm is missing. Yeah. You know how hard it is to pull that off? I'd like to go back and watch it again just to fully appreciate it, because on the flip side, you got Franny next to him, and that effect was god-awful. <laughs> you got one good and one bad in the same scene, right? Right, right. Because his arm, I, I don't know, man. It's like hanging with the little the little pieces yeah. and shit, right? It kind of reminds me, I think in Day of the Dead, they did the same thing. When the guy gets his arm cut off, he's got no shirt on, and you've got to like have that like flesh-looking the, yeah, the, cover over that. So instead of a stump, right. it's like a ripped edge, right? Right, yeah. right. No, I'm talking about like you've got to hide your actual appendage. Yeah. So you've got to have that flesh-colored, and it's all got to blend in seamlessly. Yeah. So. It was a quick cut, too, though. and I mean, they, it was yeah, not it, a it long was really scene. Fast, it was really fast, so cut. I'm sure they tried to... To cover it up with editing. And if you go back and look at that scene, instead of looking at his arm, look at Franny, and her head isn't even matching the back. Like, it's like she's got her chin on somebody else's shoulder, like, and they're <laughs> looking backward. I, I think that's how they did the effect. They had another girl with her shirt off and Franny resting her head uh, on her on her shoulder so that it would True. look like she was facing forward. I didn't even realize that. I, I was too busy looking at that. It's, it's funny how we both, like, focused in on two separate things in that whole shot. 50-50 so, chance of what we're going to look at. Because it was quick. It was a quick cut. Are you telling me that you focused on the bloody arm and I focused on trying to see if her boobs were still out? Is that what you're getting at here? <laughs> Don't look now. Franny's got her boobs out. Well, that's what uh, I was looking for. I'm like, well, that was a cool scene, I guess. But now that her head is snapped around backwards, every time you show her face, you're looking at her back, not her front. Right. It sucked. <laughs> so, yeah. So Sal climbs out of the house and Judy finds Roger and the demon stooge and demon Suzanne and just runs off. Yeah. Right. There, and there's a lot of that. I thought it was kind of cool. That um, they had some great use of light here because, like, Judy's coming out of the shadows and, like, everything evil is hidden in the darkness. So, again, just to throw a quick, you know, nod to the cinematographer and Kevin Tenney, it was really quite creative. And maybe the the problems with the script and stuff are off in the studio. You never know. Like, yeah. hey, that's too too uh, intellectual. Just throw in more of this this crap that kids eat up. 
Maybe I, I got a little bit of a Scooby Doo vibe toward the end, where the, you know you'd be chased down one hall, and then another group would get chased, and then you'd meet up with so and so, and then now you and Raj and Max are running, and then Sal's included, and there was a lot of uh, Scooby Doo ish, like running down a hall into a room, close the door, meet somebody else, in <laughs> and, there. and then like two people come out, and then run into another door, yeah. and then three, people <laughs> yeah, come pretty out, much, yeah, coming out the wrong door, <laughs> right? But you know what? It looked great. Yeah, it was it cool. Did it looked really good? Yeah, it was cool. And then at at some point now, Judy, Angela, and Sal. Or on a fight on the roof. Yes. Is that? Yeah, that's right. Judy, Angela, and Sal are on the roof of the house. And Angela easily throws Sal off. And dude, whatever sound they use for that, I don't know if they <laughs> just took a slab of meat and threw it off at a high rise. It sounded awful. Yeah, it was bad. Real bad. And then, I don't know if you realize that, but now we're going into uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger commando territory. Yeah, <laughs> that's great, dude. <laughs> because she tells him, uh, she looks down. and Let me see here. Where's the quote? Um, Sal wanted to leave, but decided to stick around. Yeah, we're getting the one-liner. <laughs> I mean, she's like literally turned into Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and Arnold Schwarzenegger from Commando because yeah. all of a sudden the jokes are flying and they're out of nowhere because she hadn't said anything like this through the entire situation. Yeah, none of the other deaths were punctuated by a one-liner. Right. But this was... So, yeah, for some reason he was decided to leave, but decided or was going to leave, but decided to stick around, which uh. was an exact line. Uh, you remember that? Oh yeah, the commando with stick the around. Man. Yeah, or no, was that Predator? That was Predator when he throws the machete through the guy and sticks him to the wall. He's oh, like, you're right. Around. Yep. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So anyway, um, Judy's now hanging off a ledge, and she's safely coached by Roger. Thank you, Roger, for being the only sensible guy here. Dude, that was um, a long scene with very little payoff, wasn't it? It's just like, move three inches to the right and drop down. I yeah. can't. No, seriously. Just three inches Or you could have right just dropped wherever you were at because it was the same height and whether you're on one side or the other side. Yeah, you know? it didn't matter. Yeah. didn't matter. Um, so then it cuts to the tombstone, and you it's revealed his name is Sal Romero. Get yeah. It? Yeah. George Romero. And then also it, it doesn't give a date for his death. It says today. Today. Is that to make the movie timeless so that they're not dating the movie? He was born in 1970. So. Yeah, but the, but the, if you watch the movie, you know, hopefully in, not in 1988, maybe they thought, well, this would be cool if it would stand the test of time. It could be any day. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure they thought of that. They're wrong. They were wrong, but yeah. <laughs> it's, t- it's, it's definitely dated. Yeah. So the chase is on. They're fleeing through the house. They got all the demons in pursuit. They find the safe room. And Roger breaks down into the smartest crying pussy in the movie. Yeah. He is just... Freaks out. Dude, just totally... Uh, he's done that quite a bit. Um, he's the smartest one, but he's he's the biggest wiener I've ever seen. He and was written Judy, bad. Judy really finds bad. the door to get out, which I knew immediately. That's the door to the crematorium. Yeah. But she thought for some reason, like, this looks like the way out. And then she opens the door to the crematorium and there's a skull and ashes. And she's like, whoa, what is that all about? Very, very like Freddy, right? Like the furnace and the bones in the furnace type deal. Right. And then we get the right speech. And tell me you got a cut of that. Oh, dude. Yeah, here. I probably probably could have taken a whole minute's worth of the speech, but it was tedious. So I'm going to give you that. Right. Steve, right. (laughs) Right. You got a cut, cut of the. The right speech, right? Right. I even left and a little of... It's going to sound good, right? Right, right. I left a little bit of the um, monster in here because I realized I hadn't left any of that really cool overdubbed uh, monster voice, so I put that, that in the beginning. And, and I just want to say, hands down, that is my least favorite 
Because it sounds like basically <laughs> me doing this. And it's, I, I kind of liked it. It's just, it's just, it sounds like somebody doing a cartoon voice. I mean, you've got all this technology to really, really make it evil sounding. And you're basically got a guy <laughs> to do this sound. Hey, when I play it, dude, you actually sound pretty close, man. That's good. <laughs> no. All right, let me give it so, to you. Uh, I hope this sounds all right for the speech, right? Right. Here right? it comes, right? Right. Here we go. We've got something wonderful planned for you. <laughs> so much pain, so much sorrow. Did you hear what they said, Raj? Not tonight. They won't go to hell tonight because, because it's Halloween, right? That's why they won't go to hell tonight, right? <laughs> and that goes on. <laughs> it goes on, and then she's like, we're going to be all right, right? 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 <laughs> Uh, is that ad lib? Do you think she just had they're had been like, filling in? You yeah. got to say something to tie this all together. If not, this movie is going to fail. So get to it. Yeah. And so there's poor, dead air. We don't want dead air. <laughs> this poor girl from like Wisconsin's like Jesus. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, at that point, though, she actually uh, finds some intestinal fortitude while uh, basically Roger assumes the fetal position, and she. <laughs> 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 It's that bad. <laughs> I like she, the giggles. <laughs> she inadvertently releases gas. <laughs> Is that, dude, did you work on that joke? How long did you work on that joke? I, I wrote it down. <laughs> hey, did you laugh when you wrote it down? I, I wrote down, Judy inadvertently releases gas. <laughs> and then next to it, I put down, not a joke. It's not oh, a joke. Dude. Uh, so Judy inadvertently releases gas, all serious, and uses the lighter um, to create a blowtorch, which that's got to be the, the... There's like no regulator on that thing at all. It's just literally natural gas coming straight out of a tube. With the pressure of a flamethrower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, all of a sudden, she's such an idiot, but she's MacGyvered away to kill the demons. Very yeah, uh, that, dangerous weapon to use around anybody. Because yeah, I got to turn that off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, she blow torches the demons. And uh, at that point, they, they, they're running down the hallway. And they, of course, run into Burnt Angela now. And there's Jay. And we get another great one-liner. Did you get this I one? Did, I didn't, no. Okay. Don't you like your blind date? Get it? Yeah. pump Yeah. And and at that point, she's evolved way past Freddy from Nightmare 4 because these are just getting groan-inducing. It's bad. Yeah, and it's weird because they weren't there in the beginning. I don't know when it when it was decided we need to start throwing all the one-liners in. It's weird. Right. So Judy and Roger cornered. Roger literally runs and leaves Judy and jumps right out the window. Oh, yeah. That was the part where I thought of the Eddie Murphy sketch right there where he's just like, later, I'm out. No, he did it at the beginning of the movie. As soon as there was any sign of uh, evil shenanigans going on, he was out. He's like, I'm out of here. But then he's sucked back into the house. And so the first opportunity he gets, he jumps right through the window, which is hilarious because Judy then just walks right out the broken window. Right. <laughs> yeah. wah, wah. It's like, hey, thanks for doing that, Raj. Because she, like, all these, they're, like, circling her and they're moving in on her. And he jumps through the window in a in a mad dash to get out. And she just, like, steps over the broken glass. Like, thanks, man. Yeah, cool. it was a pretty cool Sweet. jump. Pretty cool head first jump. Oh, yeah. I had to pay somebody, a stuntman or something, because, you know, that. Roger didn't do that on his own. They're not going to let um, that sugar glass go to waste. No they way. bought we it. Got, <laughs> we got two panes here. Yep. All right, guys. So uh, Roger climbs the barbed wire up the wall, which I thought there was no way. I, th I think maybe 
if uh, Aunt Judy had done it, it would have been more believable. But I guess now at this point, he's so terrified, he's getting out no matter what, right? So that part made me wince a little bit, like the climbing the barbed wire. I, I kind of like that scene. Like that, anything that has to do with hands and fingers, we've talked about it before. It's like, mm, like that gives me a little bit of an owie. And it also was a throwback to our last episode when the dude was holding onto the chick by a thread, remember, by his sword? Yeah. So there was yep. a little throwback there. But that part did, I mean, it was dumb, but it made me wince. Like, ooh, barbed wire and hands, gosh. But do you realize that Roger failed immensely? Yeah, Shocker, yeah, yeah, right? He did, yeah. Anybody would, but yeah. So, so, so he's up on the top of the wall, and he's got his arm down now. He's, now he's the hero. Yeah. So he's reaching down, trying to get Judy. She's almost up, and of course he falls off the wall. Shocker, so he fails. And the demons are you know, grasping at her, at her calf, and every time they touch her, they're burning her leg, right? Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, they're like grabbing her leg, and it's burning her legs while they're okay. grabbing her. Which another thing that was not introduced until the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah, and then Roger jumps back in the saddle and finally succeeds. And at the end of that, I don't know if you realize it, but once they're both on safely on the other side of the wall, you get some really cool Nintendo 16-bit boss level completion music. One other thing I noticed on that scene there was when they were doing the, you know, grabbing each other's hands and all that stuff, she was wearing a really sweet digital watch, like the real thin, old school digital watches. And I noticed it earlier in the movie too, and I can't remember what scene, but I just, for some reason, I like that, like the little white, you know, Rachi little teeny Macassio. digital. Yeah, it was just, it was cool. I liked it. So at this point, the dark crystal demon is pissed. And he simply disappears. Yeah, when he hadn't shown himself again, and he was kind of like unexplained. Uh, was he in Angela? Was he in Suzanne? Was he? No, he was in none of those. He was, was he mastermind? In the sequel. Oh, he's okay. In, he's in the whole house waiting for other people to come for the sequel. So was he the mastermind of the of the of the infesting the people, or like what sure. was his point yeah. there? Uh huh. Okay. Yes. Wasn't very clear. Nope. But you know what? I'm going to watch Night of the Demons 2. I think I've seen it already, but just don't remember it. Um, but anyway, so that's when Roger and, and uh, Judy are walking down the street, and it comes back full circle because they walk past the old guy who calls them rotten pig trash. That's probably rotten pig trash that have been probably partying all night or something, right? Yeah. Get off my lawn. Yep. That's basically what he said. And then this is probably my favorite part of the entire movie, man. Yeah, me too. I liked it. Yeah. They, uh, the old man, you know, goes in the house. He's obviously um, carrying on with Rapeville's um, proud tradition of treating women like shit. Right. <laughs> uh, his wife, you know, made him breakfast, and he's mad about it. And uh, then he starts eating the pie, and uh, she said that she made the pies from his apples that he didn't give out the night before. Yeah. And guess what's in those apples? Was it the razor blades? What? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he then gets the, his. his neck just starts opening up because obviously he can like, like man, if I get like two two grapes in the same hole, I'm like oh, oh you know, <laughs> <laughs> like if I like more than a grape and a half or something, I'm like. But this guy swallowed like twenty razors apparently. Yeah, he didn't feel when he was chewing, right? <laughs> yeah, like wouldn't you catch that on your tongue? Like you take one bite, but he's got thirty or forty razor blades in his neck that forcibly start coming out, and he dies. And then we get an 80s rock ballad and a fade to black. Um, I'm going to add a little bit to that. Who gets apple pie for breakfast first, which is really cool. So the end credits that you just talked about, I downloaded the song. Because <laughs> I, really, I was keeping in tradition. You're going to have, dude, if you keep doing this for all the movies we watch, you're going to have an iPod. 
iTunes account filled with garbage. Well, this one, I hadn't taken clips of the others because they were just so bad. But I did take a clip of the end one because I thought that would be a nice way to cap my clips because it's just to give people a taste of how bad I'm talking. So right. here, I'm going to give it to you. Here we stand on the edge of it all. And on and on. Uh, okay, uh, I just want to say, sorry, Track Cash, but that is our new outro. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this, Doc. Who do you think wrote and sung that song? <laughs> Dennis Tenney. Dennis Tenney. <laughs> <laughs> Every bad song I looked up was written by the oh dude's brother. <laughs> like this great. guy's still sitting in his house like, where's my goddamn Grammy? So he, he did the synth infro- intros. He did the rock ballads. He did the, he did the oh, he did it all, man. <laughs> It was great because every time I got to the song and I saw the name, I would just laugh like, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> there it is, it there it is. And I'm sure he's probably a really nice guy too. Yeah, and I'm guessing they thought one of that was going to was gonna get big or, you know, he was going to hit it or that would be a cool song or whatever. You know, mom's so proud, like, my boys are working together. Yeah, and then I noticed at the very end during the credits, they had some of the cartoon scenes and they had the demon, was it Angela? They had, I think it was her with a, like an invitation card uh, for the party. It was like a still shot, and it said, right. Angela is having a party. Jason and Freddie are too scared to come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, I had that mini poster that I had uh, taken from my local video store right off the wall. I think oh. the Statue of Limitations are up on that. Right. And I like that <laughs> I liked that so much that I actually had like the mini poster hanging in my room, and I remember that tag. Okay, cool. I thought that was cool because it's yeah. totally BS. There, I mean, Jason movies and Freddie are too yeah. scared to come. Movies had nothing in common and really, yeah, poor a poor imitation. But still right. – if I had to watch, I might, I might watch Jason again before. I don't know. If I had, if you gave me the choice of those three movies at this point, this might be the one I'd watch first. Yeah. I mean, I, like if you told me we're going to watch a demon movie or Jason and Freddy, I mean, not that I don't like them. I think they're actually really important to, you know, the history of horror and stuff, but I'd rather watch something like this. Yeah. This was saying? more fun. Uh, J- the first Freddy movie I watched recently was a little more, a little slower and a little more serious than I remember. And it, it was a little boringer than I remember. This one, I was laughing almost the whole way through. Or I'm sorry, it was a little more what? Maybe a little more boring than I remember it as a you kid. Said, you said boringer. Oh, did I? Uh, uh, it was rad, too. Boringer. When you said that. Bo- it was a little bit more boringer than I remember. Wow, that makes it sound professional, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> so uh, this We're one. Podcasters, I, not English majors. Yeah, come on, man. Come so. On. The, this one, I didn't have that. I was either sighing or laughing or, you know, there was, I was always kind of entertained in a good or bad way throughout the whole but movie. But to say it delivers on the gore, I'm, listen, that's why movies like Evil Dead work because they were given advice like make the blood flow down the screen. If you can't make up for it or if, you, if you're not going to have a, a great budget or, you know, it's all low budgets, you're not going to have a lot of opportunities make sure that the blood is just over the top. And this one right. really didn't do that, man. Yeah, I, I was still okay with it. It didn't bother me. I thought the, the, the stuff you did get was pretty cool, so I didn't... Yeah, literally, the one girl, her neck was snapped, and then yeah. there's another girl that falls off and hits her head on... The, it was like, a, you know... I don't know if I had to make the movie. Like, I, I don't have a lot of money, so what are we going to do? Oh, let's just crack some celery and turn her head around. Yeah, there was some of that going on, but I still think it was fun, and... I, yeah. I didn't have fun with a lot of the first Freddy when I rewatched it, but now now Jason I think on a whole is on a whole nother level. That movie was actually kind of a good movie, like a good movie. So I don't know that you put all three of these in a in a bucket. Did right? you say Jason was a good movie? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, sorry. Was, yeah, so, no, I'm just the saying, Jason movie. If, if, yeah. yeah, if you 
watch it in a minute. It probably hasn't aged as well as you think it has either. I haven't. You know what? That's that's a good point. I should probably go back and and then I'll make a real decision of which three of these I would prefer to watch. I, I like uh, you know like the Friday the Thirteenth threes better than the first one. That's what? never been one of my favorites. That's when they got kind of crazy with it, right? They went over the top right. and it was more right, fun. Just, Right. Give me the give me the blood, man. Right. So, uh, give me a unique star rating on this. Unique star rating. You want to go uh, favorite and least favorite? Or do you want to go straight to unique star? Oh, I think you're right. Favorite first, right? Yeah. Favorite you, moment. Um, my favorite. I'll go first this go time. How's that sound? Please. Lipstick boob assault. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I have yeah. no idea why it was included, but glad it was. Um, I'm sure it took hours of work, and it's burned in my memory for the rest of my life. So, uh, anyone who sees it. Well, I have a hard time ever forgetting that, man. Oh, easily. And you know what's another weird part of that scene there? She was sitting in the room all by herself. This wasn't done to scare somebody or there was no other actors in the room. She was just sitting there doing this to herself. Yeah, like, oh, I I need a place this somewhere, so I'll just put it in my prison purse, I guess. Weird. Yeah. That was cool. That was really cool. Uh, Mine's kind of along the same lines. I thought that the Asian chick's taters were a nice surprise. Uh, There was no... (laughs) Like that really took me off guard. There was yeah. no um, raw force armpit <laughs> hair or anything I had to complain about. Uh, when that happened on the screen, I was taken back. Like, wow, I did not see that coming. So good on her. Yeah, good for her, man. Yeah. Least favorite moment? I'll let you go first. Uh, my least favorite moment actually had to do with Helen. I, I thought Helen was one of the best actresses uh, there. I thought she was the cutest. If you had to, well, maybe the Asian chick. Barring I haven't seen Helen naked as I have the other ones but I thought that Helen was a cute actress and I thought she was a good actress because when Stooge was doing all his dumb lines she was physically uh, in the scene sighing or making a face and I thought she was a pretty good actress and I wanted to know more about how she died and a little more Helen I think she she was got wasted as a as a character there there was way worse characters than her and I would like to see more of her yeah, I and how she that. died. Uh, it was it bothered me. I almost thought that I forgot, and I was thinking, did I get called away from the movie at a certain point? Because then she slammed onto the the windshield and wakes the guy up, and I was thinking, but uh, where, what happened to her? You know, th- that was unexplained. Yeah, they, she was way underutilized because, yeah. like, literally, her lines consist of, um, you know, Roger, I'm out of here. Her, me too. Right. Or <laughs> stop it, Stooge. Like that was yeah. it. But if you yeah, watch her, she was she was doing something during the scenes. She was making expressions. She was moving around. She wasn't a, a statue. And I, I wanted more Helen. If we look it up, she's probably the one with a serious film career now. <laughs> no, that wouldn't help. She was in there. She was in there so little. I didn't even research her at all. I don't have any idea who she was. Yeah, I think that that's probably my biggest. Uh, that's what I wanted more of. Well, my least favorite moment were inept demons because they can seamlessly transition from person to person. But literally, they can't walk or traverse a room to to catch their victim. Yeah, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it's like they're all surrounding her. This room, what, 10 by 10 room? And they're like slowly zombie or mummy walking towards her. It's like, you're demons for God's sakes. You know, just grab your prey and be on with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. It's just silly. That's just shoddy writing, bro. And trying to probably prolong the the length of the movie. So they can't just grab her. They got to, you know, show every demon one more time to profile steve johnson's great work and whatever yeah yep i'm with you cool uh unique star rating uh i give this movie eight horns out of ten dogs get it horn dogs oh my dude (laughs) sledge wordplay you got it (laughs) he inserted (laughs) the (laughs) wordplay eight horns out of ten dogs wow um i'm gonna try to say mine without laughing i really horn dog this movie by the way did you yep all right nice uh this one made me laugh when i wrote it so I give it a four out of a possible four too many Dennis Tenney songs. 
<laughs> you know what, two dudes, when you said that, you prefaced it with that, I was going to let you say it, and I wasn't going to laugh, and I was going to make it like an awkward pause, but, but I couldn't. It, it was funny. <laughs> Thanks, man. Because <laughs> <Very good. laughs> you were all happy with it, and then I'd just sit here. Yeah, it made me feel like an asshole. Thanks, man. <laughs> all right, sorry. So, do you think it's schlock or not? Well, you're skipping all kinds of stuff, dude. Am I? No, what? you're right. Holy crap. Sorry. Your notes That's are backwards. It's not like we've done this before or anything. You give me faulty notes. All right. I'm kidding. You're right. It's quiz each other off Nope. It's life lesson learned. God dang it. Woo. I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I'm here. Crap. Okay. You have to go first because you messed it up. Okay. Uh, My life life lesson is that you fat first, summon sexy demons later. Wait, say it again. Fat first, then summon sexy demons. Got it. So the food? No, fap. You oh, fap. Oh, you said fat. <laughs> no, fat first, then first, sexy then demons. Because the, sexy demons are worse than STDs. Clean the pipes. Got it. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go ahead and get out of the way, you won't be thinking about having sexual encounters. Right. With sex. get, get the, what did they say in um, something about Mary? Get the baby batter off the brain. Is that what we're talking <laughs> no, about? <laughs> this is definitely not for the kids this episode. Yeah, oh, my man, goodness. This, got, this one got. Wow. Did we just really? Are we? Degrading. Are we, just degrading. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, I think the movie brings it out in us, though. This I agree. Bad, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, like the next episode. We're definitely not going to have a conversation like this. So. Right. Okay. Uh, mine's right along the same lines as yours. I, I put just plainly having sex in a coffin is never a good idea. It's just a bad idea. Oh, no. It's disrespectful. Yeah. It's disrespectful in general. To who? The coffin makers or the people who were in the coffin before? Or? The people that will eventually be placed in there. The people that could have been there in the past. It's just a, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. All around bad Bad idea. Okay, now I have, I think I pulled, you ready to quiz me off? I'm not going to say anything. Is that what's next? Is that yeah. what we're doing next? Yeah, why don't you let me direct this? Yeah, that's what's next. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus, I pulled, take the wheel. I did pull a little quiz music for us, which may or may not work, but let's see if you recognize it. Okay. <laughs> hey. What do you think? Alf. Yeah, like. it's Alf. <laughs> so you had made fun of it earlier, so I just figured I'd use it for our quiz. Um, Perfect. Who wants to start? I'll go. go what does it. Linnea Quigley ask the two store clerks at the beginning of the movie? Do you have sour balls? Correct. Good. I'm going to keep score here. Okay. Is it my turn? Go. Who was the first person to be inhabited by the demon? Suzanne. Good. I thought I was going for the Angela trick, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what costume does Judy wear to the party? Uh, Alice in Wonderland? Correct. Okay. Wait. We're killing this. Wait, no. Was that Suzanne that was Alice in Wonderland? I'm sorry, Judy. Judy. Judy wears Alice in Wonderland. What's Suzanne wear? The pink dress. Oh, the baby doll dress. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I accidentally got that right then. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My bad. Okay. Um, this one's subjective, but I still think you'll get it. Who had the best mullet in the movie? Stooge. Yeah, obviously, right? <laughs> the only mullet, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm going to ask you, I, I have a number three, but I also have a tiebreaker. So I don't okay. know if you have a tiebreaker, because we're both one or two for two. Um, what food does Judy's mom offer Jay? Oh, this is going to be great. It's a fudge log. Now let me give you mine. Ready? <laughs> what Good. did Billy say his mom's fudge log looked like? Oh, God. Yeah! <laughs> Turns. <laughs> Mm, yeah, sun-dried poodle turds. I'll give you yeah. turds. Good okay, one, Dad. <laughs> so I, I do have a tiebreaker. This means nothing. Okay. I, don't, I don't think we have to compliment each other. I okay. think you're a, an amazing person anyway. Here's the tiebreaker, oh. though. What type of pipes does Sal use to climb out of the house? Drain pipes? 
Water pipes. Thank heaven for water pipes, man. Oh, geez, that's stupid. He line. actually says Yeah, he that. says it. You're right. People talk. Thank heaven for water pipes to himself. Uh, I'm going to give you the one on that because I already queued up a, a compliment. All right. No, no, no. Nope. You want to save it? it? I okay. refuse to listen to it. I'll save it. I'll save it. You did a great job. Thanks, buddy. Plus, we got to play Alf, so everybody wins. Everybody wins. Okay. Oh, here. We'll do this then. Groovy. Everybody wins. Perfect. Uh, schlock or not? Schlock. Oh, yep. Schlock. Yep. Schlock it is. Schlock it is. And did you do a Doc's Flick pick this week? I did. Go for it. Um, Let me look in my notes here. My flick picks. On the topic of demons, obviously. Um, I've introduced you to demon movies now. Have you ever seen Lamberto Bava's classic Demons? I don't think so. It's got a screenplay by Dario Argento. Um, fantastic Italian horror flick. People trapped in a movie theater with demons. So this is, this is the same Argento that did uh, Argento's Dracula, right? Yes. Okay, so oh. I should watch Demons before Dracula. Oh, my God. Please do. Okay. And it's not directed by Argento. It's directed by uh, Lamberto Bava, which him, uh, Bava and Argento normally um, work together. It was quite a you know, collaboration. Yeah. So it's gratuitous violence, gore, and outrageous overacting. You have to see that one. Okay, cool. That it's looks- a good one. That's a, that's a really – it's a classic demon movie. Okay, I'll put it on the list. Cool. Um, mine is this week. I'm going to do one you could watch with your spouse, but not with your kids. Uh, me and my wife watched Tropic Thunder 2008 last week, and I'd seen it before and I liked it, but I think I liked it better my second uh, go around. Ben Stiller was the director and the writer. Good on him because it was a good movie. Robert Downey Jr. kills it as a black dude. Uh, Jack Black, Danny McBride, bunch of other stars. Uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was funny as could be for a mainstream big time comedy. Uh, me, and, me and my wife both enjoyed it a lot. Oh, yeah. Great movie, man. Great supporting cast. Yeah. I love Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh, he was great, man. Literally dance. take two steps back and fuck your own face. Yes. Ooh, the F-bomb God. is in this one. We got. Like, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're killing Kids, it. don't listen to this one, please. Yeah. I, there's no kids listening to this anyway. But anyway, uh, I'm trying to keep it classy, but that's a great line. It is. And the song he does, the dance, it's on YouTube. It's hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's great. <laughs> hilarious. Yep. Uh, next episode. So this, these are never set in stone. I want to make that clear. Uh, but we're just kind of letting you know ahead of time in case people want to try to find some of these movies. Might be kind of tough to find. But we're planning on, and it might change, but we're planning right now on Bone Tomahawk, 2015, Kurt Russell. Because it's been a while since we did a new, a nice new movie, big budget movie. Western, too. Western. We haven't yeah. delved into Western yet. Throwing a Western in there, unless you count Big Trouble in Little China, which I kind of do. That's an Eastern. Eastern, Western, correct. Um, and followed up tentatively by Kentucky Fried Movie, which would be our first comedy movie. And I don't know how that's going to go. I'm looking forward to that. I've seen it. You've seen yeah. it. Yeah. It's been yeah. a long time. Oh, yeah. And the, the Golden Child, the one I'm really just uh, chomping at the bit to get to, monstered. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so ready for Monstered. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think all three of those are going to have something special and definitely unique in them, so I can't wait. Good luck finding Monsters. Start looking now, is what I say. I have a copy if anybody wants to borrow mine. Cool. And a couple cool things we got here. We have a Schlockernaut submission statement, and I got another one sent in by a friend of the show. So sit back and relax while I find it. Here we go. Schlockernauts are our friends traveling to the edge of the cinematic universe in a rocket ship fueled by softmark buffoonery and non-GMO, pesticide-free, completely organic, cage-free kale. Boom. You know who that is, Doc? Oh, did I lose you, Doc? I think you did. Crap! (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Jeff sounded amazing on that. That was awesome. Hey, so, Jeff, I hope you're listening to this. 
your recording wow. sounded like better than me and Doc are doing. So good on you, bro. <laughs> she, can I just like start writing everything I'm saying it down, sending it to him, and he can just say it for us? Did Jeff kill that or what? did man good right. gravy and i didn't want to play that for you before because i wanted your real reaction and i, I was when i played I that uh, try and listen to him before man that was great when i played that when i was editing it uh, my wife was here who knows jeff as well and she had no clue that it was him and i was like no that is him she's like that that sounds nothing like him <laughs> she had no clue that was awesome and i'm sitting there imagining him and i'm going to say this without laughing with his richard dawson oh it's so great <laughs> microphone yes richard dawson uh, awesome. oh, man. and we got a bunch of people to thank this time around we even have two two new people have submitted some stuff to us uh, if i want to talk about quickly uh, there's a guy named chris uh who had listened to the show and said some nice things he's the i believe he's the owner of beer-zombies.com that's beer-zombies.com he said some nice things about the show and uh, has become a listener and we're thankful for that we also have some new music at the end of the show and i'm gonna play just a short 15 second bumper of the new music this is not our outro which is done by the track cash this is a band called vision of the void and vision they, of void vision of void yeah they sent us some really cool stuff uh if you like what you're about to hear stay tuned at the end of the show i'll play the whole song here it comes thanks brian and tony thank you very much So that's just a little bit. Uh, I think it's just two guys, right, Doc? Two guys and a drummer. Uh, just so you know, they recently lost their drummer, uh, and they're looking for a drummer. So if you're in the Las Vegas area and you know any drummers who are looking for a gig, uh, total professionals, got pro gear, looking for a drummer. Right. Start gigging out. And the, and the band name again is Vision of Void. Is that correct? Vision of Void. Yeah, they're on YouTube and Facebook if you want to check them out. Uh, they just do some power guitar type stuff that I thought was pretty cool. Eight-string guitars, man. There you go. And uh, yep. Like always, Gene, our producer, Aaron, friend of the show, the track cash, uh, Jeff, Aaron, Kate, Katie, and Katie, and Jeff. Aaron, Katie, appreciate and Jeff. everything, man. Yep, they do Thank our you. mashup. Uh, looking forward to more stuff from them as well. Uh, Jeff for the mission statement. Uh, Thank you. All the all the friends that have been sending us stuff has been really great. We've got some great stuff lately, and. Uh, Thank you, Doc, for being I here. I love and doing the fact that me. everybody's getting involved, man. That's all I ever wanted. Yep, that's great. Cool, uh, thanks. Let's see. Contact info. I'm going to shoot it out again. Schlockernot at gmail.com if you want to send us anything. Uh, on Twitter, Doc does a great job at, at the Schlockernot. Uh, he puts up flick facts and stuff about other movies and stuff that's upcoming. And if we make any changes to the show lineup, it'll be posted there. I have all my feeds at steve52do.com if you're interested in anything else I do. And uh, I one more thanks again to Doc because I couldn't do it without you, buddy. Oh, you're welcome, brother. Hey, did uh, we have any viewer mail we were going to go over this week or no? Email? Email? Yeah. Oh, I think we did. Did you pull it? Uh, if you didn't pull I did it, I, I'm going to need to. Can we? Let's get it next show. I did next have Next show, that. we're going to start going over viewer uh, emails and uh, feedback and whatnot. Sure. So if you want to shoot us some stuff, we'll make a nice list. And sorry, I was make unprepared sure for that. Make sure it gets on the air. We'll make sure it gets read. Yes. Thank you, everybody. I'll play us out. Cool. Is this movie shock or not? <laughs> Is this movie shock or not? <laughs> it's shock. 100%. 100% not shock. So how, how could you do that to me? Definitely not shock.